0: Hey everyone, did you think it was gonna be different? Well, so did I. What I've learned is that I'm not your typical daughter, mom, ex-wife, business owner, or maybe I am, but I just don't know it because no one talks about it. We are all too busy with a bunch of different balls in the air to take time to process, well, just about anything. But that is all gonna change with this tribe, ladies. I'm one of you. I've been there and done that, and we don't need to go through it alone. Will we be practical? Yep. Will we be goofy? Absolutely. Will we swear? You bet your sweet ass. By the way, little secret, this is not gonna be the podcast you wanna listen to in the van with your kids. So ladies, slip on your heels, cause we all feel more powerful in heels. Grab your wine, cause it's five o'clock somewhere. And let's dive into Not Your 1950s Housewife with me, Gina Seminari. Okay, Not Your 1950s Housewife listeners, today's going to be a fun one. I'm here in my kitchen drinking wine, yes, with someone who is like a celebrity in my life, my hairdresser, Leah Furcano. For those of you out there who have curly hair, finding a hairdresser you know how to cut, who knows how to cut? And tame those curls take some time and for me Leah's my girl uh-huh. <laughs> you are <laughs> oh my god I always told her that when I make millions I'm gonna pay her to be on my full-time staff <laughs> so you can do my hair just about every day as <laughs> case in point right now <laughs> although you can't tell on my podcast picture but I have curls for days and enough hair in my head for a small country it's true <laughs> Forget this leah 's not only a wizard with curly hair, but she is also the author of a children 's book called aunt atlanta 's Magic Spell. Mm-hmm. Did I pronounce that right yeah atlanta 's magic spells so let 's start here, and after all the times that i 've seen you and gotten together i 'm a horrible friend for not knowing this about you. <laughs> T- tell me more you are no, just- <laughs> <laughs> it 's always about me <laughs> well, tell me about
1: this. definitely not all about you. We go back and forth, and that 's the best part about our relationship, I think but. Um, so yeah, Atlanta's Magic Spells is a little book that I wrote for my niece's seventh birthday four years ago. She's eleven now, twelve now. And what I wanted to do was buy her something really specific. Um, she was getting to the point in her sort of in like casual interests where she was liking, you know, mystical, magical things and like enchanting things. And I think a lot of kids now are into like unicorns and rainbows and right. all of that stuff. Right. Um, so I wanted to just purchase her a book of magic spells that she could read herself as a kid, like an easy reader. And I thought for sure it existed. I looked everywhere and it didn't, it didn't exist at all. So I decided to make it myself, get it printed out and give it to her for her birthday. Uh, wrote it in about, gosh, two hours maybe. And holy cow. Yeah. So then I gave it to her. She loved it. Um, And then four years later, I decided to make it official and self-publish. I worked with a publishing consultant who actually is also a client of mine. She was great. And I published it. (laughs) And it's been a really fun little journey, like total mistake hobby thing that I did that now is just like a fun thing. I throw a little energy toward it every now and then, do a book signing or a kid's event. And uh, so it's been cool. Yeah, it's had a really great reaction. Who's Aunt Lanta? Oh, that's me. So my niece named me Atlanta when I was living in Atlanta. You know how kids get obsessive over like cities and where you live. right? So she'd constantly be like, Aunt Leah, are you in Atlanta? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Aunt Leah, we're coming to Atlanta. Like all about Atlanta. Well, one day she called me and she was like, Hey, Aunt Leah. And I was like, what were you going to say? She starts dying laughing. She goes, I was going to call you Aunt Lanta. <laughs> So I thought that would be cute for the name of my book. That's so creative. Yeah. So a cool. little homage to her, too. When you gave her the first book, just paperback, like
0: it PowerPoint? Was, or it did was, you to,
1: basically. Okay. It was hardcover. It was on bookemon.com. Okay. And yeah, it's yeah. clip art. So right. you can just drag it and drop it in. Um, and then since then, when I decided to publish it officially, I scrapped all the artwork, did all new illustrations myself and added a bunch more spells and did some refining um, just to make it better for, for the public. So, yeah.
0: And you just mentioned it won an award last week. Won an award last week. Yeah. What what
1: award did it win? (laughs) So it won a monster's approval award and there will be a seal on the book coming soon. Uh, It is basically a contest that I entered and six books, a year win, and I was one of them this year. Aww. There will be a seal. Um, what it was was it went through a panel of adults, and they all approved it, and then it goes through a panel of kids, and they all approve it for the award. So it was an international award, and yeah, I was one of the winners. So it was really cool, and I Congrats. wanted to be. Thank you, a kids recognized thing. So that's that's the best part about the book is kids discovering it and loving it.
0: Uh so what age bracket is the book for?
1: Uh, It is right now from four to eight. Okay. That's kind of the sweet spot. I would say like five to seven is really where I'm noticing kids are appreciating it it the most. Okay. But it still is a rhyming book. So like little kids can figure out if you're like, here's the bear. What does he? And the kid can be like, where? And they're kind of learning to read that way. So it still has a nice flow where it's going to like help with their reading abilities.
0: So if someone wants to get it, where can they buy it?
1: Oh, they can get that on amazon.com or barnesandnoble.com. Look at you. And every now and then I have a little signing event. So if they are local, uh, check me out on Instagram and you'll be able to see when my next signing is and they can meet the author author if they think that's cool. Right. Weirdly, these little kids actually do think that's (laughs) cool. I'm like, what?
0: Um, But yeah, so that's, that's where you can grab it. Perfect. So... We don't always just talk about me, but the most of the time we do. (laughs) We can all relate. That's the thing. Well, that's, yeah. So as you listeners know, I obviously went through a divorce a few years ago and have been back out there in the dating world. Mm -hmm. And whenever I sit down to talk with Leah and get my hair done, it's always like, okay, what do you want with your hair? Mm -hmm. And then your next question is, as you start working on my, you know, (laughs) Frock, my my jerry curl. Um, She's like, How's life? And it's always about what I'm navigating and where I'm at with my relationships or where I was at with my divorce or what was going on. Um, And one of the things that I feel like I'm always asking you is about this whole dating scene. Mm -hmm. So give our listeners a snippet on Leah and where you're at in life because it's very different than where I'm at in life.
1: For sure. Uh, I think, I mean, What we're going to touch on, I think most of all, that the public is going to be interested in hearing about is like navigating today's dating world and how different it was from say like pre-divorce for you um, or pre-marriage rather for you. It's totally different. Uh, I'm someone that can certainly speak to this because I didn't get married. Um, Marriage and kids, I'm obviously always open to it, but it was never like, you know, a, a goal for me and i never loved anyone quite enough to do either one of those things. Hmm. So, um sorry ex-boyfriends that are listening. <laughs> <laughs> You're all It great wasn't guys, you though. it was her. are <laughs> <laughs> yeah. better off friends. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so um basically my experience, i've been able to see what it's been like 10 years ago back when you experienced it kind of the first time around and then nine years ago, eight years ago, seven, six, five now. And it's just so crazily different. Um, And I think it's definitely worth speaking about. And I love that you have this podcast because I feel like a ton of people can relate. Uh, I think the online dating thing is obviously like the precipice of where people turn to, to find a significant other. And I think that that's great. I have a ton of friends that it's worked for and I think that's wonderful I've tried it, and I just can't relate. It's not for everyone. And uh, believe me, I wish I invented Tinder. Right. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm not the one to think that it's like a just get some ass kind of you know, forum. Right. I don't even feel that way. I think it's actually a health, pretty healthy model.
0: A colleague of mine through work met her husband on there.
1: Yeah, I, they- I dated a few guys from there, and they right. were, it was fine. But yeah, I mean, it's actually genius, but it's not in, at the same time, it's not for me. And I'll tell you why it's because I'm not going to spend my life at 37 years old. I already do feel like my, not biological clock for kids, but like biological clock for life is ticking. Right. And our lives are flying by. So for me, at 37 years old, the last thing I want to do is sit on my damn couch and swipe, right? swipe around all day long when I could be out there doing something that I love. Right. And if I happen to meet someone in the meantime, cool. But here's the problem. That doesn't typically happen because people are different due to being trained by social media, and they don't approach anymore. It's
0: just it's crazy to me, but it's true. See, and I, so if we take a step back to take a step forward, I'm turning 40 this year. Mm-hmm. And when I met my ex-husband, I was 20. Right. So I have been out oh, of the wow. dating game for almost 20 years. Okay. Right. So back then, I mean, I still had AOL instant messenger with oh a dial up, right? Like <laughs> that was my form of chatting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I had met my husband when I was 20, obviously got married, did the whole Uh thing. Now we know the end of the story that didn't work out as we had planned. Right. But now I feel like I'm like a baby giraffe learning how to walk again because I feel like there are social cues and social tendencies that I am not a part of. I didn't grow up in Mm -hmm. when all of this was occurring. I was a newlywed building Mm -hmm. a business Having kids, raising kids, for sure. Trying to do everything that I'm supposed to do, and then all of a sudden you realize your life didn't go as planned. It, and now you're back out there trying to meet people, mm-hmm. and there's all these dating apps. Not that I've done any of them for more than five seconds. Same. But the whole idea behind it is so weird. From someone who's so outgoing mm-hmm. and personality and conversation is so important to me. Yeah. And for people to make snap judgments based on looks, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, the whole thing is so odd to me. It is. But to your point, though, it works for some people. Yeah. But then there's, you know, they swiped right, they liked me, but they don't reach out to me. Like, there's a lot of, Mm -hmm. I feel like games, for lack of a better phrase. For sure. That I don't know how to play. I've never been a game player, period, when Mm -hmm. it comes to relationships. I'm kind of like what you see is what you get, for better or for worse. Yeah. But now I'm overanalyzing every everything that people do or people say or don't say. Yeah. It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. And for me too, right? Like if I actually want to get out there and meet people and not do online dating, Mm -hmm. I have two kids. Right? right so to your point right like you're going to get out there and do what you want mm-hmm. but at the end of the day the people you probably meet are raising their kids right because chances are they're probably divorced or you know yeah. have children that they have to take care of in their downtime and they don't have time to go out to a bar Absolutely. or you know go meet up with friends at something that they enjoy doing they're for me stuck at home so i can see why online dating seems like an easy solution but for i think sure. that's just it like it's just easier, but I don't know, for me, it's valuable.
1: Yeah. And I get that. I mean, there's, you know, 14 sides to different, to every story, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, I definitely see the upside. And I think to speak to your point about being divorced and having kids, say you have, say you have full custody or even partial custody. You have the kids sitting on your couch and swiping around, like you want to be present for your kids, but like, it's, that's not a bad gig, right? honestly. Like that's not that bad of a deal. Right. You have some downtime with your kids while you're here. And it's like that that could be an upside. Right. Um, but you know, for real though, the baby giraffe thing, you you do resemble one. Okay. No, <laughs> Shut up.
0: <laughs> I have way more hair on my head than most giraffes do. <laughs> <laughs> no, but
1: for real, you I get it. Um Maybe I, I feel say, like the baby
0: giraffe just because I'm doing it differently. No, right. I'm not all about being on, you know. Bumble and Tinder right. and Coffee Lot I, I don't even know <laughs> the name. I can't keep up with them all. Yeah, right. Farmers Only. Like, there's a lot of You're them so out there. Like I, I do find them quite funny. But maybe the reason I feel like the baby giraffe is because I am not doing that like everybody You're else. Nice to it. No. But that's the thing—is you feel
1: that way, but I can Garrett,
0: I still feel that way. You know, right. and I haven't
1: that's been out of the game. That's true. So. I think the social interaction these days have become so different and you know, we're, we're right on the cusp of
0: millennial
1: and whatever, whatever. The other
0: one we are, I don't know. Are we Gen Y, Gen X? The one one that's going to make the world a better place. That's us.
1: (laughs) Everyone claims to be the good one, but we're the good one. Um, But no, I'm just kidding. But really like, The social circumstances are so different now that I don't think it's possible for anyone to navigate the games, understand other people's strategies, and it's just impossible to figure it out, you know? And like, that's where I think digging deep inside yourself and simply deciding to be who you are no matter what, screw their games, if, the, if you want to call them four times in a row because they're not answering, like that's what you want to do versus what you should do, do it. So you
0: shouldn't do that? No, I don't think you should or <laughs> shouldn't
1: do anything. I should, you should always do what you want to do. And then you end up right where you're supposed to be.
0: So I'm listening to another podcast the other day and they actually used a term I did not understand. Mm. And I don't know if I had this conversation with you yet. I did with one of my friends. They said mantourage. Have you oh. ever heard that term before? No, but I feel like I can guess what
1: it is. What is it?
0: So it's when you basically date lots of different guys at the same time.
1: Oh. You have a manta rush. Oh, yeah, like guys in the stable. Right, sure. Like on the bench.
0: Sure, right. <laughs> on the bench, yes. <laughs> I have a team. Okay. And at first, it, I, I didn't understand what they were saying, and then they kept talking, and I kept listening. I finally was able to figure it out. But the idea behind it in this podcast was that, if you date multiple people at a time, you're going to have a better idea of what you like and don't like.
1: So, I get that. Probability-wise, too, it makes sense. Right. So it's you a can spray and pray technique. <laughs> it is. Oh, uh, sorry for the euphemism. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: <laughs> but then I was telling one of my friends this, and she goes, I don't like anything about that. She goes, because mm-hmm. if guy A frustrates you, you'll turn to guy B. You'll always find someone, was it you? Yeah, it was me. Oh, okay. Because I also talked about this with another Uh friend. That's what you were saying. Like you'll always just change. You fill the void.
1: Yes. You fill the void with someone else. Someone else can fill that void. And then, I mean, we're not We We can't have nine different guys to fill every single void to equal the perfect man. Right. We can't do that. Right. So if you're putting your energy into, you know, nine different people, how the hell are you ever going to figure out which one's great for you? It's even on The Bachelorette. Right. They have nine guys at a time at one oh, point. So good. So them. good. Yeah. Oh, it's a guilty pleasure. I know.
0: But even on that show, they, ne- they get rid of people. Right. We don't have, we're not yeah, doing but, that. So if you go with that theory though, he basically is dating multiple women at a time. Right. And then just not giving them a rose when he doesn't feel it anymore. It's true. So. There's something there. There is. It's unconventional, but I mean, yeah,
1: there's something there. Does it really work, right? <laughs> uh, it could. I mean, I don't know what the percentage is, but I think they do pretty well. A lot of them are married with kids.
0: I don't think I could do the mantra thing. I understood the idea behind it, but I just, I do think one, I would never be able to keep, keep everybody's story straight.
1: <laughs> totally.
0: Right? I mean, well, th- that's another thing. Would you be honest with all of them? Would they know? Right. Because then I feel problems? like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like a you're point. an asshole now. Right.
1: <laughs> if, you, no, if you don't tell them, yeah, but what, how are you
0: starting off your relationship? Okay. Let's have an honest conversation though. Uh-huh. How many of those guys are doing the same thing when they're swiping right and swiping left?
1: Are they your guy?
0: Well, no. Right. not. That's, but yeah, there are women out there who might think they are. Absolutely. You know, those chicks suck. They're not our friends. No, <laughs> <laughs> they're not.
1: They're not those girls. Those girls are exactly the girls you, we all know. Right. They're out there. Right. We're not those girls. It's true. We're not. I know. It's you just... know, and, and I could even assume that our guys are with multiple girls, but the the men that I choose to be committed to are the men that will straight up tell me, like, I want
0: to focus my energy on you. So let's have that conversation, though, because you've had multiple different boyfriends. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and at what point do you have the it's just you conversation that's an interesting question because i feel like
1: a lot of girls will once again like go with the should instead of the want and they'll sit Mm. back and play that you know um sort of stereotypical like take more of a a backseat like partnership role to the guy their guy and avoid asking those dangerous questions
0: yeah but at what point do you do that whenever the hell you want all right because really I mean if you think about I mean I've been having the same conversations with the same guy for 17 years yeah right so I don't I didn't I mean if I felt I just did yeah it came out I didn't really stop and analyze it but now I feel like even with my dating life over the last year and a half, I have overanalyzed about when exactly is the right time to say something. Yeah, which is tiring. Yeah, but I wonder how many other women are doing the same thing, specifically oh, oh, with most that of them. that conversation. Like, yeah. is it just me, or is no. it? Do you have a woman to rush?
1: <laughs> I would. Say, yeah, exactly. No, I would say most most women, and I'm overgeneralizing, but most women question that. Like, they don't want to ask the hard questions because. The answer that you go they don't that want to end know. your
0: relationship. They don't want to know.
1: You know, and, and that's the worst case scenario is it ends your relationship and the girl likes the guy and doesn't want to lose the guy. And I get that. But I want women to be truer to themselves than their partners. Like the the life mask falls down and you're supposed right, you put to hold yourself first. before your kid. Yep. Like that I'm, I'm enough of a feminist to want my girls to be that way. Right. And if you want to ask day two, if they just want to be with you or have a man to rush or, or a woman <laughs> women to, rush. Women to rush. <laughs> I mean, you can
0: have a man to rush. I mean, that's the other problem. There's many you know, women that play in all these games. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, um, yeah, then I say go for it. But you know, I'm, I'm sitting here single at 37. So, I mean, it depends. Like, what do you want? Right. You got to ask yourself what you want. Is it the goal to be married with kids or is it something that's a bonus for you that could not necessarily complete, complete you, but like make your life even happier than it already is. But I think it's important to find your happiness for yourself first. And I think the only way to do that in a relationship is to ask those tough questions whenever the hell you want. And the truth is, is there's never a good time. When the hell would be a good time? What are you waiting for, a
0: sunset? (laughs) What are you doing? The perfect glass of wine.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, well, maybe after like glass three, but it'll never end. No, that's not good for
0: either of us. (laughs) That's a good point. There's never a good time. I don't know. I know. I don't know. I feel like, you know, since... 50% 50% of people are divorced. Yeah. I feel that men and women alike are navigating this whole new dating thing, dating, you know, scene. Mm-hmm. We're all playing the same game. But we have a completely different set of rules for sure. Right. The whole, the game's the same, mm-hmm. but the rules that we're playing within have completely changed. Completely. It's almost like when you have a kid, I remember saying like, did they come with a manual? Mm-hmm. My mom's Aww. like, but I did it. And I was like, yeah, but you did it. Like 30 years ago, like it's all the same, like it's not the same stuff. No, it's it's completely different, right? Right. The goal is to not kill them, but how you go about doing that is very different different. now than it was when I was a kid. It's the same type of thing. It's very different. And I feel like it requires a lot of trust on both parties, Mm -hmm. you know, especially if you're doing the online dating thing because you literally can filter and adjust and modify your picture could be from 20 years ago. Right. And I have a girlfriend of mine who has done a lot of online dating and she has said, don't trust those photos that you're swiping on because she's met them in person and it's not the (laughs) same. Right. Oh, I know. So, Oh, you probably, Oh, you've done a few
1: of those too. hundred percent. Yes. Oh, hundred percent. Well, the worst part about that is I now have a hypothesis about this online dating and guys and girls have gone through this. I mean, this is like, everyone's gone through this where you have conversations, meet up and they're not necessarily physically or emotionally who they say they are. Right. Um, but we're also living in a world where, you know, Facebook and Instagram, we're, displaying the part of ourselves that we want other people to see. Right. Right. So yeah. like, why isn't that going to filter over into online dating? Of course it is. Right. That's the ultimate place. It's going to filter over. You want to present your best self. Right. So what I find, and this is so frustrating. This is when I realized that online dating really is like the antichrist for
0: me. <laughs> <In terms laughs> was this with the nail myself, in the coffin?
1: <laughs> this was it. This was it. Again. So I realized that Oh, there's got to be a
0: juicy story here.
1: I would, there is. I could name (laughs) names. No Uh, names, no no. names. You give them (laughs) fake names. Yeah, right. No, so I found that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, okay. (laughs) If halitosis is his only problem, we can can manage. (laughs) Hmm. So yeah, so I found that I would start talking to a person on, you know, and probably multiple people say on Tinder. And you cultivate an emotional sort of chemistry, um, which I think is really cool about Tinder. It opens up that line of communication that forces you to see if you've got an emotional connection before actually meeting in person. So I think that that's cool. That's great. But what I was starting to notice, a trend, is that these guys were never saying, let's hang out. Let's meet up for a drink. Let's meet up for dinner. Let's go to a movie. Let's go to a concert, whatever. Whatever. Like they weren't meeting up in person. They weren't like Hmm. making that move. Mm -hmm. And even when I would take the bull by the horns and say, let's meet up. I'd like to meet you. I'm intrigued. They would either go silent or, you know, find some excuse not to meet up. And then guess what? I'm spending four weeks Mm. talking to someone that I guess I'm never going to meet up with or haven't met up with yet. So that's frustrating. But what I found was the few guys who I did get to meet up with me, Mm -hmm didn't look like their photo, <laughs> didn't act like their personality, yeah, see? had some things that weren't in my, you know, wheelhouse right? for me, right. particularly, and maybe, you know, they're for someone else. Everyone's got someone out there, but um, they knew deep down that a phone relationship, a texting relationship was going to be better than nothing.
0: And are they thinking this is like a long-term thing or they were just like, I'll take whatever I can get. Is it better than nothing? Is that a relationship or just a companionship? Like you just want someone to talk to? Like are we pen pills? Like are they in their mother's basement
1: playing? You never know. (laughs) You never know. Right. Right. And so that's what I found. And they, because deep down some of these people probably know that as soon as you meet in person, that hot girl's five pictures that they're seeing.
0: That are legitly hers. Maybe they filter just a little Maybe bit. Maybe a little. Maybe I mean, just, I just I had a, had a bit You know, <laughs> I, yeah, no, you, you tend to that in those dark eyes, but that's fine. The yeah. Dark bags under
1: the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they know it's going to end. They know that that line of communication is going to end. And we're, again, living in a social world where
0: we communicate online. I think most of the time. See, and I think we need to continue this conversation because the communication between men and women because of texting and social media, mm-hmm. yes, I feel like is becoming a big issue. Oh my God, I gr- I,
1: this is so a recent thing for me. So
0: this is wonderful. Perfect. All right, so we're going to definitely continue this conversation. Um, so we're going to do that very soon. In the meantime, though, if you want to get a hold of Leah... Best bets to hit her up on Instagram at Leah, L E A H underscore hair frick. So H A I R F R I C. So thanks, girl. Thank you, girl. Awesome. That was so fun. I know. Congratulations. Thanks. And we only had one glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start my second. That's fine. <laughs> hey, tribe. Thanks for tuning in today. I hoped you loved these few minutes you got to separate from your tactical life to do something for yourself. Of course, we're on iTunes, but Instagram is our place of choice. Follow us there, listen to past episodes, or DM me at Gina Seminary. Make sure you kick some ass today. Love you.